section two of what she said and what she meant and people who haven't time and can't afford it by pansy this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter two seed taking root now i want you to follow mrs eastman and her impressions she stopped with them at mrs willard's and as in her transit she had passed the peterson mansion naturally she was thinking of them as soon then as she had dispatched her errand she began why mrs willard did you know the petersons were offended with mr belden offended no indeed i supposed they were very intimate friends well it seems there is trouble i didn't know of it until to-day and mrs marks was very guarded in what she said you know she is dreadfully afraid of gossip but she gave me to understand that it was something pretty serious mr belden it seems has been talking about mr peterson i should think from what she hinted that he had actually accused him of dishonest dealings in his business or something of that sort she says they feel dreadfully won't have anything to do with the beldens she doesn't blame them either for it has made serious times in his business the charges have you know and well the fact is there is trouble oh dear to have one's minister gossiped about makes the wretchedest kind of work it is sure to get into the church and people take sides and there is no end to the snarl really i think a minister might as well give up first as last when it comes to such a state of things his usefulness is pretty sure to be destroyed that accounts for the strange way in which the petersons have been acting i wondered what took them to the city every day of our church sociable and they were not at the parsonage the other evening when the society met there and now you speak of it they are not regular at church any more i hadn't thought of it before but don't you know there have been several sundays when nobody but grace and her little brother were in their pew dear dear what wretched business the worst of it is explained mrs eastman that mr belden has talked about it to others a good deal and his wife too i suppose she is a good deal of a talker and besides she is a very excitable woman you know i shouldn't wonder if she had said the most women always are indiscreet but shouldn't you have thought a man in mr belden's position would have had sense enough to keep such a thing quiet the petersons are the most wealthy family in the church you know and by far the most influential i dare say it was about his salary some discrepancy or something of that kind but why in the world didn't the man let it go what is the use of thinking so much about money anyway it will make trouble depend upon it said mrs willard very impressively there is a way of speaking that word which will indicate that trouble of any sort is a very interesting and exciting thing i may as well tell you at once that mrs willard without possessing a bad heart or having the least desire to do actual harm to any one was of that class that are still in existence who delight in knowing all about other people's affairs and in managing their very interesting troubles for them or if they may not do that 
who take revenge in talking about them and their troubles everywhere on all possible occasions such being the case it is a pity that mrs eastman had not taken her impressions elsewhere have you observed that while that lady supposed herself to be giving information which had emanated from mrs marks in reality she did not quote a single sentence of that lady's she simply quoted her impression of what was said which is nearly always a different thing from quoting what is said i declare to you that there was not a better meaning woman in all the length and breadth of that town than mrs silas eastman she had not the slightest intention of making trouble that bright afternoon out on her charitable errand she had not the remotest idea when she reached home weary with her commendable efforts that she had made trouble bearing those thoughts in mind follow her she proved herself not to be a real newsmonger for she said nothing about the dressmaker or mrs streeter's hired girl or mr decker's illness while at mrs willard's none of these topics were suggested to her by circumstances but an hour afterward she found herself at the mrs walker's door miss mary walker had just returned from mr decker's he isn't any better she said in answer to inquiries and i don't believe they have much hope of him what is the cause of his sickness asked mrs eastman suddenly is he an intemperate man why not that i ever heard what makes you think so be it observed that mrs eastman had not said she thought so it must have been her tone that was answered not her words why mrs marks hinted something of the sort at least she said it was no wonder that he had brought himself down she was not surprised one who had been going on as he had must surely have expected it would end in some such way i want to know why it must be so for mrs marks is well acquainted with them i wonder we have never heard a lisp of it before but of course people keep such things quiet as long as they can what a shame he was always such a pleasant man i'm afraid he is going to die too i almost know that dr nellis has no hope of him said miss mary i met him coming out of there and he looked very sad and discouraged he is such a sympathetic man and that reminds me of another thing exclaimed mrs eastman mrs mark says it is the strangest thing that they should employ dr nellis he made some horrid blunder in the family when the son died gave him an overdose i suppose or the wrong medicine something of the kind anyway i want to know wasn't that dreadful certainly you would think they had had enough of him that is what mrs mark says she didn't tell me it was an overdose you know she just spoke of the dreadful accident of which he was the cause but it must have been something of that kind did mrs mark speak of a dreadful accident or was it lifted eyebrows and exclamation points that spoke for her the subject glanced off from sickness and physicians and by a line of transition known to ladies reached that of dress i don't know who i am to depend on for my spring sewing mrs eastman said 
i thought of having hattie phillips but mrs marks warned me against her i am really disappointed too for i took a fancy to the girl i thought mrs marks liked her very much she used to for she told me so herself but this is something recent to tell the truth i think the girl has been stealing from mrs marks indeed from what she said i am almost sure of it only i wouldn't like to have it mentioned you know poor thing she may have been awfully tempted they say she has a hard struggle to get along dear dear why she is a member of our church too bad isn't it i meant to give her all my work and i recommended her to several other ladies who were going to have her i suppose i shall have to take back my recommendation now i declare i feel bad enough about it to cry with this sympathetic sentence she disposed of the dressmaker and her affairs then settled several other matters of life and death and secured her subscription then the nice little lady took a kindly leave and proceeded on her charitable way in the course of the next fifteen minutes miss mary walker had occasion to go across the street to a neighbor's house on an errand it being the season for much dressmaking and sewing of all sorts that subject came up while she was there and of course suggested the recent item of news in that line the immediate result being that the mistress of that house informed her husband at the tea-table that he need not look up that phillips girl for her she had heard things about her that made her decide to find some one else many more calls did mrs eastman make her subscription list swelled so did her stories not that she had an idea she was telling any but it was queer how in nearly every place that she called some of the subjects about which she had that afternoon acquired knowledge came up for discussion and yet i do not know that it was strange she was out raising money for the minister of course it was natural to speak about him and speaking of him suggested his trouble with the petersons and then of course every one was interested in poor mr decker and his family it was not until the next morning that the thoughtful little woman found time to run over and warn dear mrs streeter about that andrews girl but what is the matter with her persisted mrs streeter asking the question for the third time a woman with three children to care for doesn't want to give up a perfect treasure of a girl on the they say of people in general especially when they refuse to say anything definite i will not say that mrs streeter would not have been able to throw aside her pastor her family physician even her dressmaker but a girl who cooked well and served tables well and was quiet and respectful that required serious consideration but she really isn't respectable that is well i don't know mrs marks wouldn't speak plainly you know she is a thoughtful woman and never wants to injure people but if you could have seen the way she looked when i told her you had an andrews girl dear mrs streeter do get rid of her i'm sure i shall not sleep nights for thinking of her with your children if i only knew what there was against her mrs streeter said thoughtfully the mother in her stirred 
suppose i ask mrs marks just what she does know about her oh don't she will think i ran to you telling tales she wanted me not to interfere but i thought since we were such old friends it was nothing more than right does it need telling the fact that mrs streeter dismissed her without any special recommendation either at least when the poor girl a stranger in the town referred those who questioned her to mrs streeter as the woman with whom she had lived for three pleasant weeks that woman when inquired of said she liked the girl very much indeed never had any one who worked better and had been so neat and so respectful but the fact was she had heard some unfortunate things about her nothing very definite to be sure but enough to make her feel certain that she would better get rid of her as soon as possible and mrs streeter by reason of the little that she had to tell unconsciously pieced it out with wisely ominous looks and expressive silences and it worked mischief for the girl i am not disposed to speak slightingly of my sex i am not disposed to admit that they are as a class hopelessly given over to gossip i have all due respect to the remembrance that i am a woman yet perhaps no one who has studied human nature very much but is obliged to own that women interest themselves in the affairs of other women and of other women's children yes and of other women's husbands as men do not it is not necessarily a humiliating confession either it has its rise in an intense sympathy with humanity the neighborly gracious friendliness which men have not the time nor the thought to bestow it sinks into the mire of common gossip among those women who letting go the motive and ignoring other studies cultivate that trait for the sake of the curiosity which it feeds half the difficulty with our women especially our young women is that they do not read they are not posted as to what is going on to-day either politically morally or socially i do not speak of the army of honorable exceptions who are as interested in all the great questions of life and are as earnest and sacrificing and as patient as any name honored among philanthropists i do not even speak of that army of exceptions who by reason of the necessity that is upon them make life a daily round of incessant drudgery in order that they and theirs may be fed and clothed it is rather of that class not small who having leisure in a degree and talents in a degree and opportunities lying around them yet belittle their lives and fritter away their brains over the dress question or the amusement question or the social idle gossip of the day which gossip has for its motive from beginning to end merely the satisfaction of inordinate curiosity yet i have taken as the exponents of this way of living not even the extreme class but a grade above them the mrs marks and the mrs eastmans of the world who are virtuous women keepers at home industrious frugal charitable refined intelligent those of mrs marks's stamp have fallen into the habit insensibly oftentimes of speaking or exclaiming ill of every one who chances to be brought up for conversation 
such do not so much err in telling more than they know as they appear to keep back volumes which they could tell if they deemed it prudent and generalize over what may be until they succeed in making you believe that it is what are the motives of such women what was mrs marx's motive she was not aware that she had any it began in a disposition to look on the dark side of other people's doings to see a great deal where little was meant in short it began with that disposition which in its earlier less offensive stages we pronounce far-sightedness it developed through the desire natural to the human heart to be the bearer of news of good news if possible in the beginning of the attack but if persistently yielded to then of news whether good or bad gradually there proves to be more excitement gotten out of the bad than the good and gradually shall i say it we must have news anyway even if we manufacture some i do not mean that mrs marx had consciously descended to that plane she even had in a vague way a fear of saying too much and so left her sentences half complete and retired into the exclamatory realm or the realm of unutterable looks which meant volumes this habit was growing on mrs marx and to mrs eastman she was her counterpart in every town and city she meant nobody any harm she listened to talk and jumped at conclusions she had a vivid imagination she interpreted shoulder shrugs and lifted eyebrows and ohs and indeeds in a royal way they so promptly took shape and form to her that it seemed simply impossible that they should mean anything else than they meant to her and a week afterward she was sure that the very language had been used such people are numerous are the best-natured most sympathetic people in the world and make worlds of trouble end of section two